Hello, and welcome once again to the weekly inebriated scriptural exegesis and source study, or wise-ass. The drunkest Bible study in all of Oklahoma County, and possibly the only one that takes the Bible exactly as seriously as it deserves. <laughs> Where are we? In the Ecclesiastes? Yeah. Ecclesiastes. It's a total mind f Pardon me. I apologize for using such strong language. <laughs> which which part was the mind f it was me. Hmm? Whenever it starts introducing the whole concept of meaningless, everything is meaningless. Oh, Maybe yeah. Now, stop it. It's meaningless. Or don't stop it. Yeah, I said I put off reading it because I didn't really want to read a bunch of stuff about how life is meaningless. I love it. I love yeah. it. What does it mean about us? We like nihilism so much. This, this part spoke to me. Oh, I love it. Okay, everything is habel, right? It, it's it's a chasing after wind. It's vaporous. It's, it's absurd. Oh. It's... It's what is it? Uh, Abby's translation says emptiness. Everything is senseless, useless, futile, meaningless. Everything is. It, it kind of is. It kind of. I was gonna say yeah. There's definitely some truth in there. <laughs> yeah, I so I'm so down with that. I think the first part of the book where they make they make points. You know, they they break it down. They back it up. Mm-hmm. So here's how here's how pointless everything is. You do all this stuff, and then what happens to it? It's all dust. Yeah. Dust in the wind, dude. <laughs> but it's weird because at the same time, um, he's really, I think, pretty agnostic about the afterlife. Yes. He's basically yeah, saying, I, like, I was, what happens yeah. when you die? I make that point. It seemed very, throughout the entire reading of the book, it was very poetic and kind of like, what is the meaning of life? And life is ultimately meaningless. And that was really about it. There was... <laughs> Like, it wasn't like, uh, life is meaningless, that's why there's God in heaven. It was just kind of like, life is meaningless. <laughs> Speaking of life being meaningless, I've switched my beer. Uh, tonight, I'm drinking a 405 Oklahoma Lager from the Battered Boar Brewing Company. And I've told you guys about this before. It's it's pretty good stuff. So, yep. You guys still drinking uh, whiskey and what have you? I'm, I'm drinking more thing. whiskey. More whiskey. Is that eight, eight year old whiskey there, Chaz? It's eight year old whiskey, Jim Beam Black, and it's it is it gets better and better. Nice, <laughs> Abby, what you got? Uh, the raspberry Hefeweizen. I'm gonna pronounce it wrong. It sounds stupid. Um, UFO from Harpoon Brewery. It tastes like raspberry. That I like Hefeweizen. I like raspberries. I've never had them together, but I it like the good. idea of it. It's good. Yeah, Paul. Um, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Oh, yeah, that's the like classic. a go-to Pale Ale, right? That's some yeah. sort of yeah. The classic go-to. Hmm. <laughs> All right, now that we got that out of the way, let's talk about the Book of Ecclesiastes. Let's do it. So, wisdom is futile, but they still give you some in this book, and arguably they give you more than in the Book of Proverbs. Hmm. Far more. Or maybe not so much more, but just more useful. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. 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 A lot more. Like I could really relate to this more than like any of the other like because it's just like it's real shit, you know. I can say yeah. categorically, this is my favorite book in the Bible. Oh yeah, definitely. This was my favorite book in the Bible five years ago, and upon rereading the Bible, it still rules. It still kicks the shit out of every other Bible book. Because I actually I didn't find it. I was worried it was gonna be depressing, but even though it's talking about how life is emptiness, it kind of goes on to say that like. This is your life. You should enjoy it, and that's the most important thing. That was great. Like, it feels like freeing, you know. 
Yeah. It it's, sort of, I think it's like, I mean, it's, it's genius. It's almost Buddhist. It's like saying, look, life is meaningless, <laughs> but just try to accept your lot in life and just, you know, just enjoy your work under the sun. And, and it has some stuff about the wife of your youth and, you know, some some good advice about, you know, there's nothing better for a man than eat and drink and tell himself that his labor is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yes, <laughs> that is so true. Yeah, have has anyone done any reading about, like, where it came from or what the... Like from what uh, it's, I had, it's late. That's all I right from from what I had read was that it was pretty late, like way after Solomon's reign, and that there were some oh, Aramaic yeah. characters. And, oh. Uh, that so there was some. I guess there's some people that think that it was a translation of something else that it was not actually. Like that that it was something else that was translated into the later Hebrew, and then put into the Bible, which would make sense uh, in the framework of what Damien was saying about that little bit at the end. That seems kind of tagged on. It has late Hebrew, it has Aramaic, and it has two Persian words in there. So, Ooh, ooh I didn't get the Persian That definitely words. argues for a late date. Yeah, right. my, my Bible says 4th or 3rd century B.C., which is the Persian period. Actually, later than the first thing. Yeah. Right. So let's let's talk about our overall impression of the book. I mean, I got the sense that 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 the book is is not particularly devout. I I don't think that the ending was original to the book. Mm-hmm. I, I got the sense that the book is just basically overall saying, look, like life is futile and vain and a chasing after wind. So just try to be content with what you got. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you know, if you have a a wife of your youth, and if you have a job, and just kind of just be content with that. Don't right. Yeah. Go with Rich it. and poor end up in the same place. So. Right. We're all gonna die. So. I, I love that part where you can work real hard in this life, and it can be left to fools, and it'll be turned to nothing. Life yeah. is meaningless. You could be Donald Trump. That's and, what my dad says. Yeah. <laughs> You could acquire all the pleasures of men, all the concubines, and vineyards, and gardens, and parks, and Trump mm. Tower, and all that shit, and still, in the end, you go to the same place as the poor beggar. So, don't uh, don't count on your greatness to make you happy, because it doesn't. That you, I don't know if this book was written by somebody who had actually had greatness, but certainly <laughs> whoever had whoever wrote the book had the sense that it doesn't matter how great you get. You always hope for more. So, like, like the inside of the Buddha is, is contentment is the key. It's not about getting more and more. I think this is the most Buddhist book of the Bible, to be honest, it, because it's saying a lot about contentment and the, how desire is the, is the problem. You will always desire more if you get more. Isn't it a little aside? Um, can I explain the name of the book? <clears throat> It's Ecclesiastes, not to be confused with Ecclesiasticus, the um, apocryphal book, which if you are Catholic, you might have read. Um, in the Hebrew, title was Kohelet, which means um, basically, I think KJV uses preacher. It's the word um, in the first line. Yeah, it means like the teacher or the preacher. Yeah, or, teacher. Yeah. The word teacher is Kohelet. 
and somehow that got that got translated into Greek as Ecclesiastes, and that's what we use for some weird reason. Hmm. So that's the title. Incidentally, uh, e- ecclesiastical has a very different meaning nowadays. Yeah. I mean, it's related <laughs> to church hierarchy. That's because it's meaningless. Yes, the church hierarchy is a meaningless chasing after wind. <laughs> it will not bring you happiness. I think that this book <laughs> in particular, I know we talk down on translations and things like that, but I think this book in the KJV, there are actually more parts of it than aren't that are actually kind of like iconic or beautiful that are you're like, oh yeah, that works pretty well. Like very poetic. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been actually even, even in the KJV. Sorry. Oh, I was gonna say even in the KJV, you know, translated English type. Yeah, I I I would like to hear what it was like in the original language. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been checking the KJV more because it's, it's more poetic stuff. It definitely has its own like its own quality, its own benefit. But. Right. Did anybody else notice the repetitive like the sun? Yeah. The song was in the I thought that was very interesting. And that was actually why I started looking, trying to find out as far as the the history of the book or where it came from. Because I thought that was really interesting, that it kept referencing the sun and under the sun and the sun this. And I was like, huh. I was hoping it would, you would make it clear that you meant the sun in the sky, not the son of man right. or the son of... The, the sun with a U. yeah. The, the, burning, the burning soul, as it were. <laughs> it's mentioned 17 times in 10 chapters. Yeah. It had to be the sun, though, because if you're, if you're uh, you know, doing all this under the moon, well, that's not so terrible. <laughs> it wouldn't be as meaningless if you were doing it under yeah. the moon? Well, I just mean, like, it, it well, was well, just extra harsh under the burning sun. Oh, uh, yeah, we've noticed that here in Oklahoma lately. I just had this really strange moment in which I realized that we've been podcasting long enough that we've gone through significant seasonal changes. I know. It was like we had, we had a – remember that, that – We were in? snowed we were in. snowed in. And now we've had a 20-some-odd day streak of 100 degrees. It was 109 today, apparently. I know. It was brutal. <laughs> okay, so what else do we got in Ecclesiastes <laughs> before we move on to the erotic poetry? Oh no, we can't move on. Forget that. Well, give us some Ecclesiastes. Like, give us your favorite bits. I okay. I mean, Ecclesiastes three, right? To everything, turn, turn, turn. Yeah, that one's pretty iconic. Burned. Love that part. I mean, I love the song. I love the verses. Yeah. I thought that it was just beautiful poetry, and I, I, I cannot say that of most of the Bible. I really like that bit. Yeah, I, I've I've never in the, while reading the Bible have I ever nodded along like yeah man yeah yeah time for everything nodding yeah that and that and yeah there's time for that time for all that yeah I would I, I, I gotta back up a bit did I mention Ecclesiastes two twenty four no it's my favorite verse so far it's it's so it's just so perfect it's, there is nothing better for a man than that he should eat and drink and that he should make his soul enjoy good in his labor like that's basically how I want to live my life. Eat, drink, and be merry. But be merry in the context of the fact that you got to do shit. you got to get stuff done. Don't just, you know, be merry in, in the sense of debauchery and dis- dissipation. But be merry in your work, you know. Do, do the shit you got to get done and uh, try not to hate it. 
That's why I tell myself every day. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. And still, I find I find the commute the best part of the job, though. Yes. Yeah. The driving's always the best. The drive. I get the audiobooks and the adrenaline. The constant <laughs> fear of death. <laughs> really kicks you up in the you morning. You were in a past life. <laughs> Uh, okay, and then we we covered Ecclesiastes three one through eight, which the pop song with the birds. Well, I thought um four eleven was interesting. No, no, wait, um, wait, wait, wait. We've got to we've got to hit three twenty oh. three three twenty through twenty two, uh, which I think is somewhat like like you were saying agnostic about the afterlife and spirituality. Three twenty is a very resonant verse for me. All go unto one place, all are of the dust, and all turn to dust again. Who knoweth the spirit of man that goeth upward, and the spirit of the beast that goeth downward to the earth? It's, it's basically saying, you know, who knows what happens after you die? What makes you think that you get to go to heaven and, and the and the beasts don't? And equating <laughs> us with animals, that's great. Like, what, you know, what makes you think that, that you are made of different stuff than the beasts? You're, you're just flesh, and you go down to the earth like everything else. So get used to it, buddy. That's, that's but it's interesting. They have the dichotomy between, like... Well, it's not heaven and hell, but it's like up and down. It's like the sky and the earth. That's that's interesting. Even if yeah. he's agnostic about it, he's still recognizing like two directions you can go. Well, yeah, but it seems to me like it's saying, you know, you assume that your soul is going to go up to this beautiful place, while mm-hmm. while the the beasts just vanish, just vanish down into the earth. But why? Why would? You, why do you think you know that? You don't know that. <laughs> you haven't been to. You haven't ascended to heaven and come back, as we saw in an earlier book. You don't know what's what's waiting you. So I, I would say that there's a. This is the most agnostic book I've read in any holy scripture. But then uh, you know I haven't read a whole lot of different religions. I'm confident there's no agnosticism in the Book of Mormon. <laughs> so. You know, in a. Uh, chapter four one, the chapter is oppression, toil, friendlessness, and I smiled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oppression, right. toil, friendlessness. Well, come on, Chaz, you've only got two out of three there. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna say which. <laughs> I just liked it. I, I, I like to find my emo inside me every once in a while. <laughs> the Actually, chapter quite a bit. is so goth. And then it's really beautiful was chapter four nine, and uh, it it was talking about how when you work it's better to work as a pair, but mm. I you know that that can be translated to marriage and partnerships and business and all sorts of things. In life. Three ways you got the oh yeah in four twelve you got that three way thing going on, which I guess doesn't yeah. work for marriage necessarily. Uh, three one just needs to come to town every once in a while. <laughs> A quarter of three strands is not quickly torn apart. Yeah, that's just that's just plain good advice, right? Helps to helps to have somebody there to back you up. I'm not sure. Uh, Was it meaningless? I can't tell. I, see, that's the thing. Like, the book alternates between like it's all meaningless, but then it like drops these tidbits of good advice. Yeah. Like it's all meaningless, but you got to get your bros behind you. Because <laughs> like, it's, well, it's I, so much better that way. I was gonna say I thought or. The way I took it was more that it's all meaningless, so what matters is relationships. Yeah. Mm. That's yeah. a very humanist point of view. Well, yeah. I like that. This, this book <laughs> Which is why that's how I, I took it. Yeah, but. this book plays <laughs> to agnosticism and humanism. I'm loving it even more. 
I just I, sometimes I can't believe it's even in the Bible. I'm like, how did they let this in? <laughs> There's so much good shit in here. I think before I went through this, I had only ever really familiarized myself with Ecclesiastes three, which I mean most people have. But having read the whole book now, it's like I had the same. I was like, wow, this seems really completely like I like this. <laughs> This is something that should be studied on its own or something, you know, like it's right. kind of, there's a lot of really good stuff in here. Yeah, I wish I wish I had more time to dedicate to it, frankly. It's yeah. such a good... I, I wish we could have had like, you know, a whole week or something, just Ecclesiastes, just to... You can always go back. What? It's still there, you can always go back. I, yeah, yeah and I probably it's will, It's my one too. chance to talk it over yeah. with, with you guys, though. Mm. Right. To say, if anybody's asked, oh yeah, what do you think about the Bible? I think you should read Ecclesiastes. Yes, <laughs> rocks. So I have to say. Yep. I thought the low point. Well, the stuff I didn't really get was like chapter eight. There's stuff about the king, which I didn't think really fit. It was all about the king being like really smart. Not particularly relevant, unless I guess you're British and you're all into that king stuff, or queen stuff rather. God save the queen. She's been doing really well for a while at that. Yeah. I do think it's weird that people talk about the Bible as like this timeless thing, and like they're Americans that are saying it. And it's like, dude, you're American. How can you <laughs> say that like this shit is timeless when it's always talking about kings? And slaves. And slaves. Like, dude. Like, we broke with monarchy in the 1770s, and then we broke with slavery in the 1860s. Like, get over this shit. This stuff is way out of date now. Anyway. No, no, I think 8, that beginning part, yeah, but I think 8 goes on, like, in verse 15, uh, he says, Because a man hath no better thing under the sun than to eat and to drink and to be merry, for that shall oh. abide with him in his labor the days of his life, which God giveth him under the sun. Which chap- um, what uh, chapter and verse? 8, 15. 8, 15, yeah, it's not the whole chapter. That's an earlier echo of an earlier sentiment that we... Yeah. So, like well, yeah. Three. Right. Yeah. So there's there's little bits about the king that rubbed me the wrong way. You know how I interpreted the king part? I was like, yeah, life is meaningless. So just play the game, man. Just play the game. Just play the <laughs> game. Just go ahead and flatter your boss's ego. Yeah. Hmm. It's not gonna matter a damn bit. But it didn't say that. But I was already in that mindset. <laughs> Maybe that's how we're supposed to take it. Well, there's some real moral relativism in this too, because it's like. Who's going to say to the king, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, because, like, the word of the king is authoritative, so... Authoritative. Just deal with it. Yeah, just deal with it. Yeah, any time that the theme of the Bible is obey the rulers, I get a little icked out. But right. That's yeah. that's my anarchist side coming out there. I, I, I think, sorry. Oh, I was just spotted another verse that I had wanted to mention, but... Mm. Continue going. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say 9-5. Speaking of agnosticism, the in nine five it says, "For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything." <laughs> yeah, that's oh, not e- that's yeah. not even agnosticism. That's like goddamn right. <laughs> that's like or, neither have they any more a reward for the memory of them is forgotten. It was like, oh, that, okay, that goes almost so beyond agnosticism. Die, and, that's almost just straight up materialism. Like they're dead and gone. That's it. Right. Never again will they have any part in what is done here under the sun. Damn. That's it. So I'm not sure I wholly agree with that because I mean we, you know, in a sense, 
we survive in people's memories. Yeah, and the not. digital archaeologists will be digging huh. up these MP3s in a hundred years. <laughs> I heard something, um, there's someone who took that to like quite an extreme. I don't know if it was Hofstadter. He said that when we die, we actually are minds actually live on in other people's minds, people who knew us well enough to um, partially recreate our thought processes were actually like we were living through them, which I didn't really buy, but it's pretty interesting. Okay. So I don't think anyone really know you well enough to recreate your thoughts. It's not hard to have a dream where your spouse or someone else that you're really close to is talking to you in the dream and they're very convincingly playing the role of that person in real life to where you know, oh, if you were to Turing test it, you'd have trouble distinguishing between the real person and the, the spouse or other close relative that was that is the real person, you know, the, the, or the dream person. Yeah, you ever have a dream you forget if it was a dream or real? Forget oh, yeah. if you told someone someone or... Yeah, but I mean, the point is, the ones that I remember, like, I've had very accurate simulations of, among other people my wife uh, to where I, I have a pretty good sense of what she's going to say even even when she's like saying stuff that annoys me I'm like ah I disagree <laughs> and I don't want you to say that but still the simulation just keeps running and I'm like <laughs> you're right shut up <laughs> so evidently my brain has adequate enough software to simulate somebody else's responses even when I don't want to hear them interesting but it has to be pretty you know it's be someone's junior and then Live on for a little longer. Yeah. While they die. Yeah. Uh, five ten. It's pretty damn good. It said, "Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth <laughs> yeah. is never satisfied with their income." It's so true. I've never Don't noticed tell that. the Republicans. It's a chasing after wind. Yes, it is. Where was the part where it talks about? I cited it incorrectly on the document. I can't find it now, but. Is mean to women. Says that he looked out and he he uh, of a thousand men and he found but one good. Oh yeah, I forgot and then about that. He looked that. out and didn't find any women at all that were good. Oh yeah, here it is. Yeah, it's seven twenty-seven. Well, that's where it starts. And seven twenty says, while I was still searching but not finding, I found one upright man among a thousand, but not one upright woman among them all. What the this hell? Only have I found. Oh yeah, that's pretty harsh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was a bit of misogyny in there, but yeah. I haven't seen much misogyny in the Bible to date, so it kind of shocked me. Which is funny they snuck that in there. Relatively, Ecclesiastes is not bad. It's no Esther, but it's good. For the 29, um, my translation says, This alone I have found that God, when he made man, made him straightforward, but man invents endless subtleties of his own. Ooh. Which, it's better translation. Not that I agree, because God didn't make man, so it doesn't really—it's meaningless. But um, it's interesting. See, in, in in my translation, it says God made men upright, but they have sought out many devices. Or in the King James, it says many inventions, and I took that to mean sex toys. <laughs> <laughs> and I took upright to mean erect. Wow, if this is how you're taking Ecclesiastes, I can't wait till the next book. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. We gotta get to the next book, man. We've got less than forty five minutes. We gotta we gotta roll along. 
It's too bad. Uh, I liked, um, wait. 721. Um, it's pretty good rule. Don't pay attention to gossip because people are going to talk shit about you, but you've talked shit about people yourself, so you know. Yes. Let it go. You know it that thou thyself hast likewise cursed others. And you know that you didn't mean that much by it. You know, that's implied in there that. You curse others lightly. It's not necessarily like you've weighed your boss's character in 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 the uh, the whole sense. You just you're just cursing your boss because he's there to oppress you. That's his job. So my kid's definitely gonna read Ecclesiastes. I think it's a very good book. My kid's gonna read Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, and he's gonna highlight all the bits that he thinks might be possibly useful later on. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Ecclesiastes is pretty good. I was impressed. I mean, I I knew it had the reputation, so I was kind of ready to appreciate it, but it lived up. My kid's allowed to read the Song of Solomon, too, but only in graphic novel form. (laughs) (laughs) We need to make one of those. If R. Crumb finished the Bible, he only did Genesis. Oh, I wouldn't want to see Arkham do Song of Solomon. What's Arkham? Do you know who Arkham is? Uh, he's the, the cartoonist, and he draws really, like, weird women. I mean, he illustrated cool. the book of Genesis. It was by far the best way to read Genesis. Yeah. Just he Google. the entire book. Yeah, I'm on it. The official Crumb site. R, R, like, the letter, and then Crumb, like, Crumb and Genesis. Can it really be better than Barry Moser's Genesis? Who? I'm talking about somebody who never mind. Who does woodcut? He does woodcuts in the. Uh, he did the whole Bible, Genesis. Yeah, you know, yeah. Barry Moser did the entire Bible. He only illustrated bits oh, of it. Oh wow! But he only he he. I mean, he just illustrated the bits that he thought were most compelling. Oh. Uh, no, our club. He did Genesis. It's the entire every line of the book. It's fantastic. I'm looking at it now. It's yeah. Wish I thought have, like wish we'd have covered this earlier. Oh, well, I wasn't around for Genesis. You didn't you didn't drag me out of the woodwork. Well, I didn't realize how smart you were until later on. <laughs> I didn't even realize how wrong you were. <laughs> it was a brief window. <laughs> well, I wasn't no, I wasn't really in the loop at that point. You know, we were we were just kind of winging it. I was just sampling it. So we got we got to get our shit together. We got to okay. Let's finish Ecclesiastes. What what else you guys got in Ecclesiastes? Anything else? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done with it. We all approve of the book. We all think it'd, it'd be good reading. It's the only book you should read. <laughs> yeah, I'm, guess, one book. I'm giving my son Ecclesiastes and my daughter Esther, and that's it. They can tell each other about it. Yeah, it definitely makes my short list of Bible books that are worth reading for people who, you know aren't, like us, unduly interested in the entire Bible. (laughs) Or just hopelessly committed to actually finishing the project. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, I'm going to read through the entire King James in a year. (laughs) The Oklahoma Atheist Godcast is produced by the Oklahoma Atheists. 
The mission of the Oklahoma Atheists is to develop a community of individuals and families who value and promote critical thinking, free thought, reason, and a scientific worldview, and who seek to have a positive effect on the community at large through fellowship, rational discussion, community service, and education. For more information, please visit our website at www.oklahomaatheist.com.